Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Yucca. And today we are talking about events and festivals, how to organize them and how to be at them and just generally going over different kinds of events and how you might put those together and why you might want to, all that kind of stuff. Right. And and why attend. And we'll touch a little bit on some of the etiquette as well. But about a year back, I think we did an episode around that geared specifically at that so we'll put a link in the show notes if you anyone wants to go back and listen to that one right the one on ritual etiquette on festival etiquette yep yeah so well and there's also one reason that this has been on our minds is there is an upcoming gathering although digital um do you want to speak to that a little bit Sure. On June 3rd and 4th, we are going to hold the Atheopagan Web Weaving 2023, or AWE, and it will be an online conference, which will take place over those two days. There will be workshops and presentations and rituals and performances and an open mic opportunity and lots of socializing. We'll, We'll really use the the breakout room and on Zoom to good effect. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an opportunity for us to see one another's faces and to gather with one another, even though we're not doing an in-person sundry retreat this year. We're going to mm-hmm. do one next year, but don't really have it together to do it two years in a row. Right. And that's the first weekend of June, right? Of June. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And so, and you're saying that we just got a lot of proposals for workshops and a pretty big mix of kinds, right? We did. Very, very interesting, diverse mix of various proposals. You know, there's some science-y things, there's some ritual-y things, there's some psychological things, there's crafty things. So I I just, I think it's going to be a really good time. And the, the biggest challenge for people might be in any given workshop slot, which of the workshops they're going to go to. Right. As with any conference, right? That has always been the hardest part for me is go, wait, but they all, I want to be in all three places at once or four, how many ever slots. Yeah. Seems to me like I always have bad luck. They they always schedule like two things that I really want to go to directly opposite one another, and I can only pick one. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that will be upon us before we, as mm-hmm. the wheel keeps turning, right? Right. Tickets will go on sale on April 1st. They are a sliding scale from 10 to $50 with an encouraged price point of $20 per person. And hopefully we'll sell enough tickets that we'll be able to pay our presenters something. Mm-hmm. And the balance of the money will go to the Ethiopian Society. Yeah, which pays for things like hosting for this podcast. That is so, correct. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some of the different scales of gatherings that we could be talking about because there's the digital side, but there's also the in-person gathering. And why don't we start with the kind of small local because that's going to be the most for most people that's going to be the most common, right? It's a lot easier to get 6 people, 10 people together than it is to get 50 people or 
80 people. Right. When you're talking about those small, intimate gatherings, you're generally talking about people you already know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be more along the lines of hors d'oeuvres and wine or a sit-down dinner party, something like that, where there's an opportunity for everyone to talk to everyone else and to get to know one another. One of the things that I've encouraged people to do if they're looking for others to celebrate rituals with is to do those kinds of events and just invite like-minded friends um, and, you know, do ritual light, mm-hmm. you know, do a do a meal blessing and maybe a little something for the season at that gathering and, and have that be enough. And then maybe do another feast at the next station of the wheel of the year and invite those folks back again. That can turn into an ongoing tradition that can be really meaningful. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes we are starting to try to build community. I think especially in the pagan community where many pagans are very spread out. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like you can just go to a new town and, and there you go, you got your choice. But, you know, you go to a new town and you can choose between your Baptist church and your Lutheran and your this and your that. But that's not usually the case for pagans. We're trying to pull together the the small community that we might have. So one suggestion, depending on personality types, but it sometimes can really help to have something to focus on that everyone's coming together to do in, with mm-hmm. one of those. Like you maybe not just expect everyone to come and right off the bat hit it off and have no structure, but maybe we're going on a hike together. Uh-huh. And then once we get to the location that we're hiking to, then we have our little ritual or maybe there's an activity that we can come together and do that's one of the reasons game nights in addition to games being awesome but game Mm -hmm. nights really can be a great way to connect because it gives people something to be doing who might not be super outgoing to begin with Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's one one possibility right and there are some good tools for organizing those kinds of things. If you're going to have people that you don't know, you don't, you probably don't want to invite them into your home mm-hmm. without having had any experience of them. But a hike is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And you can organize something like that on meetup.com. It's a very useful tool. You can describe your event. You know, we're going to do a mindful hike along this particular trail with you know a blessing for nature at the end of it and if people are freaked out by the idea of a blessing for nature they won't show up and if they're not then they will show up and now you've now you've got the the beginnings of a group where you can meet people and decide who you might eventually invite to something more intimate right and of course we're just using a hike as an example you know, right. that might not be a good fit for where you are or your mobility or whatever it is, but, you know, something like that, right? The other possibility is to organize some kind of volunteer activity. Mm. You know, if you connect with, say, a conservation organization that's doing a restoration project and they need they need a whole ton of saplings they just put in watered mm-hmm. or, or they're doing a, a trash cleanup of a local creek or a river or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can pull a group of like-minded people together and come as a group. Now you're contributing something really great and developing a bit of a, of a group identity as 
people that are doing that together, you know, maybe you all buy t-shirts or something that all look the same so you can recognize the other members of your group. <laughs> and that's that's a good way to just kind of start off on that earth-focused, public-minded kind of mentality that we we really encourage. Yeah. I like that idea. I imagine little bandanas. Everybody have the same uh -huh. <laughs> same bandana. That'd nice. be great. They make your bat houses or bird houses or something. Uh -huh. So, and then once you you have an a more intimate connection, maybe the inviting into the home, if that's something you're comfortable with, or going into someone else's home, or or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, having or you know, if you're not and if the weather's good, you know, do a picnic pick a park, have everybody bring their own food, but you can do it sort of potlucky so people can trade stuff around. But then you don't need to worry about not having something for somebody if they have a particular restriction and exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, you know, all of those kind of human, in low, low stress, low effort, human engagement things are, are good opportunities to meet other people who either are naturalistic pagans or who could very well be naturalistic pagans if they knew what one of those was. Um, <laughs> yep. There's a lot of those folks. There are. And we have more of them coming into our community every day Yeah, saying, wow, I thought I was the only person who thought like this. Don't think of it as proselytizing because that's we're really not about that. We're not trying to convert people. But we do want to offer people an opportunity. Yeah, to be you know aware that this is a path that exists, and they can have it if they want to. Yeah, and they can adapt it to whatever their needs are as they want to. Right, right. Be exposed to it, and you know if there's bits and pieces that make sense to them, then fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, what about if we we kind of scale this size up a little bit to mm -hmm. a more medium, or maybe even like a regional? kind of event right when you're you're talking about i mean maybe you could accommodate 60 75 people at a picnic mm -hmm. but kind of at maximum but you're certainly not going to have those folks at your house you've, you've got a you, <laughs> unless you have, have a very different house than either of us have <laughs> yes, exactly yeah i mean we if, can if maybe you do fit, awesome more power we, to you right we can maybe fit 75 people in here if they were all jammed up against one another in every room of the house i'm sure the fire marshal would like that <laughs> yeah that would be great so you you often will need a venue. The what I find is that Unitarian Universalist churches often rent their space for very little, mm. and that gives you you know a room and you pay a cleaning deposit and stuff like that. But you can ask people to contribute at the door as they come in to recoup that money, mm -hmm. um, and and you can explain that in the invitation. You can say you know please bring $10 to help pay for the hall. Yeah, if you can or whatever. Yes, yeah. you know, no one turned away for lack of funds. Yeah. By the way, that is the way that the the Ethiopian uh, web weaving will be as well. No, you know, if you can't afford $10, then, you know, we'll, we'll give you a, an entry code anyway. Right. Because we don't want anyone to be caught just because they don't have money. Right. Yeah, because it's not, we're not doing it to make money. No, we're charging because we need to compensate, 
trying to compensate the people who are putting a tremendous amount of, of effort into to and volunteering time and all of that. We're we're actually at least as I'm conceiving it now, I mean I wouldn't make any money. The peop but it's the people that are doing the presentations. Right. Although actually I am doing two presentations now that I think about it. But anyway, we'll work that <laughs> out. The 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 people that go to the trouble to put together a presentation and and give it to us even if it's only a very you know like very token amount like 25 or 50 dollars i think it's it's something that shows that we value uh, it what they're offering to the community right it represents something right in the same way we might use a tool and ritual mm -hmm. just having that exchange it communicates that right yeah yeah and and we talk a lot about reciprocity and our relationship with with nature as being one that needs to be reciprocal where we give as well as take and that's true with people too mm -hmm. so it's it's something that's consistent with our values so anyway <laughs> yeah there's there's your tangent for today at least number one Let's yes. see if we get to number two uh-huh um, but so coming back to the regional, right, you were saying that sometimes places like UU churches or places like that, you might be able to rent out for a short period of time. Right. Or um, even group campgrounds. Mm -hmm. If you want to do like an overnight thing right before COVID, I announced an event called Midsummer Dawn that was going to be done at the group campground of a, a local state park here where I am. And I promoted it as an event for pagans of all flavors. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea was what we were going to have in common was being pagans. What we believed about the gods or any of that really didn't matter. The, the rituals that we were going to do in the evening were going to be organized by me and my cohorts. So they were going to be non-theist rituals, but very generic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if during the qualities phase people wanted to invoke their gods, well, fine, let them. There. Yeah, And we would enjoy time around the bonfire and um, just have a, a good social time. I had to cancel it because of COVID. Right. But that's, that's an example of the kind of event you can do without a ton of effort. You know, you, mm -hmm. you have to reserve the, the campground and that involves laying out, you know, it can be a few hundred dollars. Well, but... also check with your municipal park system. I know that we we were able to reserve a park for I got married years ago and it didn't cost us anything now that mm. might be the part of the our particular city that we were in but mm -hmm. you might not have to charge you might not have to pay very much to just go and you know talk with your right. your parks department and see what's what are the restrictions they might have if you're under a certain number of people they did have some requirements that we had to go and check out some trash cans from them and then give the trash cans back and do some you know uh, some paperwork but that was about it and very often they'll if you're doing an event they'll require event insurance which is very affordable for a one-day event event insurance is about a hundred dollars mm -hmm. um and and that's probably you know, going to depend on si the number of people attending Yes, right. and, and other factors like, you know, will there be alcohol, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, you know, for a hundred bucks, you can get a million dollar policy, liability policy for an event, and that should cover. Hopefully. You know, hopefully, yeah. even, you know, even if somebody breaks a leg, 
you know, that should cover all of the expenses necessary. Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, oh, and in many homeowners and renters policies, holding events like that is included in the policy. Mm. So you should check your own policies and see if you've already got coverage for events that you organize. Right. Now that would be on the smaller side though, because you're going to have an occupancy limit. Yes. Right. There's a limit to how many people you can have in safely in a, in a building. Right. Yeah. But even, even events that aren't in a building, like an event in a park mm -hmm. of those policies apply even to an event like that. Mm, okay. So it's, it's, it's worth investigating or talking to your broker or, you know, whatever, whatever that is. So yeah, you can get 50, 75, a hundred people together in a, in a nice place and um, have a lot of socializing and visiting and all that good stuff. And then maybe when the sun goes down, if you're able to light a fire, that's perfect. You can circle up around the fire. People can say their name and where they're from or their name and what brings them to this gathering. You go around. Or their favorite something. Yes, their favorite right. something. We their did favorite. favorite color in the mixer this morning. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, or favorite tree or bird or, you know, star mm -hmm. or things like that. Yeah. So it's it's an opportunity to do, you know, very, very low key kind of ritual, but to bring people of like mind together and socialize and make friends and, and visit with one another. Mm. And then, of course, there are the very large festivals, the ones that pull in 300, 500, even more people like Pagan Spirit Gathering or Rites of Spring or, you know, some of these Starwood, some of these very, very large ritual or pagan gatherings. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're not going to talk about organizing an event like that because this podcast would then be four hours long. Right. There are tremendous logistics to organizing something that big. Yeah. And probably there's going to be fewer people organizing an event like that than than folks who are going to be doing a regional gathering or a small local gathering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what, what I encourage people to do if they – if they have a solitary practice and they feel lonely in that, they want to connect with other people of like mind, you know, start, you know, if you find, if you find five or six people that really resonate with what you're doing, you've got critical mass for a ritual circle. Mm -hmm. Don't want to get much smaller than that because if somebody doesn't show up, then you really don't have critical mass. Right. But you know, my my ritual circle is eight people and has been working fine for more than 30 years. So it's it's worth making that effort to hold a gathering, see what kind of folks you, you come up with, you know, kind of test the waters with people and get a sense of their personalities and their interests mm -hmm. and and proceed from there. Yeah. Well, is there anything we want to say about attending those kinds of real big gatherings, though? Oh, one other thing that I wanted to mention before we talk oh, about attending yeah. those mm -hmm. gatherings. There is an online tool that's free. At least it, it 
it is free for the purposes that we used it for for the sun tree retreat it's called sign up genius mm-hmm. signupgenius.com and it's great people can check options of different things that they want to register for so admission plus tent camping plus linens plus food mm-hmm. and all that gets all added up and and they get registered and it goes into a spreadsheet that you can download it's and, oh nice <laughs> and then you can have them pay through paypal or venmo or something like that mm-hmm. um and it was a really slick way of organizing you know keeping track of okay we have this many slots for this sort of lodging opportunity how many of those slots are gone right it was, it was a really effective way of keeping track of all of that stuff and I really encourage people to check it out. Signupgenius.com. They are not sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just giving them free press. And I was not involved with the organizing on that, but I did use that as one of the attendees. And I found it was very user-friendly, easy. There was no confusion. It was super clear exactly what they were asking and how to use it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were people that did not find it it wasn't that they didn't find it easy it's that they didn't understand how to do it correctly so we had a couple of people that didn't sign up for attendance they only signed up for lodging and food but they oh. didn't sign up for attendance so they had to go back through and the figure ticket out. price so we had to call them and they did it sure it but between you know the the pay systems like paypal and venmo and systems like signup genius there are just wonderful tools online right now for organizing events. Brown paper tickets is another, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a, a set ticket price. So check it out. You know, you you may be able to get a lot of the, the busy work, the administrative work for organizing your event taken care of with free tools on the net. Yeah. So big festivals. As, as Yucca said, we did do a episode on festival etiquette about a year ago. So we encourage you to go and check that out. But let's hit some of the high points. I think the number one thing there, what you'll find in these in these festivals is lots of very happy, ebullient, friendly people. Mm-hmm. It's kind and, of a party kind of feeling going on. Yes. And a lot of people know one another. So you see lots and lots of hugging and all that good kind of stuff. So just be really aware of consent and your mm-hmm. own boundaries. Ask people before you hug them. If you're introduced to somebody, they may well want to hug you just as a greeting because mm-hmm. that's pretty common in those circles. It is perfectly okay for you to say no hugs, please. Yeah. And One thing you can try doing with that and it's is when they move forward for the hug and you're not comfortable with it, if you are comfortable with a handshake, you move into the handshake right away. And that's one of the things that can, that doesn't always work, but it gives them kind of a a social out to shift what they're doing and not have it feel, not not seem as like a rejection for them. Uh Yeah. So the whole concept of boundaries and consent is something that you'll really want to keep at the forefront throughout the time that you're at a festival like this, you may encounter people that aren't very good about that. And so being able to communicate clearly is important. That's that's not comfortable for me. 
Yeah. You know, please don't do that. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. That's, you know, no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly all right for, for you to do that. And it, you're not being a spoil sport or putting a damper on the party or any of that. That's, you know, that's just not, that's yeah, not no, what you're doing. You've got, not only do you have every right, it's really important that mm-hmm. you that you have the boundaries that you're comfortable with and that people learn to respect that. Mm-hmm. So now that said, you're going to find people with whom you might be able to get real friendly real fast. <laughs> and maybe you'll want to get real friendly real fast. That's okay. As long as it's your choice. Right. Yeah. So the next thing that I would talk about is ritual etiquette. Just be aware of what, what the and ask if you aren't clear about what the kind of ritual rules are there are some people that organize pagan rituals where if you have to leave the circle for some reason you have to make some sort of big gesture of cutting, cutting the it. gate in the circle so you can leave and then resealing it others it's not as mm-hmm. it's not an issue you can just leave and come back as you need to or there's a certain spot that you're supposed to leave from right Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's another one. Some are very focused on turning clockwise, except at hallows when they would go counterclockwise. Oh, um, and what are the fun words for those, the old fashioned words? Oh Witters Deosil and Wittershins. Oh, that's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, those are great words. Wit Wittershin? Wittershins. Shins. Wittershins. Okay. Yeah. 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 So just be aware, you know, and my rule as always is their party, their rules. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're an Ethiopian, a naturalistic pagan, and they start proclaiming how, you know, the goddess down, is coming down, come down Athena and yada, 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 yada. That's fine. You know, we're not, we're not there to set anybody straight or, you know, convince them of our worldview. Just you know, yeah. wait it, wait it out, and you'll get to parts of the ritual that will resonate for you more. Yeah, yeah. So just that, just that, paying attention, right, and mm-hmm. and recognizing that that you are the guest and enjoying it to the extent that you can. Right. And right. also, if there's something you don't want to participate in, that you, you don't have to. No. Right. So there's a the big opening ritual, but you know that they're going to be talking all about, you know, the gods and the spirits and the this and the that. Then you you don't have to put yourself into that position if that's not going to work for you. No, you really don't. And or you can just do it and tough it out and see what you can get out of it. Any of those choices is fine. the The main issue is choice. Another thing is that there will very often be a variety of intoxicating substances around Mm -hmm. and people will offer them to you. Just be aware of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You you know, that can be, you know, if you want to go into a Dionysian frenzy and, you know, really be kind of out of control for a while, that's your choice. You're, you're a grown up and you get to make that choice, but that can possibly endanger you in some ways because you're not in full control of your faculties. Right. Uh, otherwise you can make judici- judicious choices about using some or all of those substances and kind of, you know, 
keep keep a lid on it, you know, with mm-hmm. moderation, so that while you're altered, you're not you're not three sheets to the wind. Right. Well, then also have the awareness that some people might be altered when you're not. Don't right right, right. that that may be part of the factor of the the way that they're behaving, they're the choices or how they're they are or aren't reading your social cues. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if things start going in a, in a general direction, like there you are around the bonfire and suddenly it appears that everybody is making out except you, it's okay to go to bed yeah, <laughs> or take a walk in the woods or, I mean, you don't need to participate in anything that you don't want to participate in. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's perfectly fine for you to make choices like that. Right. And we brought this up in the, the big scale but this applies as well to the medium and and i think it this sounds like at least my personal philosophy and it sounds like it's yours as well mark that that's a choice that you can make in whatever the the scale of social gathering that you're in that sure of course your body your agency your choice right 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 yeah yeah it's just that the more people you the more you know, people and, around, the more pressure, the more the flow. We, we're social creatures, right? We just right. kind of go, yeah. And there, there is a, a mob mentality at some level. I mean, a, a crowd of people has a personality of its own that is only partly determined by any one person within it. Yeah. So it's it's important to be aware of that. Not let yourself get swept away in the mob vibe if you don't want to go there. Right. Um or, and you're saying mob, but it may not, mob has a very strong connotation and it could have that, but it also, we were talking earlier about that kind of party friendly vibe that happens at many of these gatherings as well. It's not necessarily just the angry mob with pitchforks, but. Oh no, I yeah. didn't mean that. No, I, I, yeah. I, I have yet to see an angry mob with pitchforks at a pagan festival. Although certainly <laughs> I've seen some behavior that probably deserved some, an angry mob and pitchforks. <laughs> yeah (laughs) so it so and the the thing to be aware of is you can have a a lot of fun and some really wonderful conversations and interactions and just you know really meaningful enjoyable time at these kinds of gatherings it's just a matter of keeping your wits about you and just being aware not letting yourself be swept away by something without considering it right Well, we hope that in the coming months and years, there will be more of these types of gatherings, especially as our community is growing. Mm -hmm. And maybe one day we'll get to the point where we have one of these big ones. But for now, we're we're in this smaller scale. Right. I think it's more likely that our sector of the community will become recognized more and more as part of the community. And so we'll have recognizable contingents at some of the big ones that are already happening. Right. Mm. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you know, we're we're still we're still contending with COVID. There's there's a lot to wonder about the future of social gatherings in in our world. Yeah. I really hope that all of you listening will consider coming to the web weaving event in June. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with that. As I said, tickets will go on sale in April, which gives us a couple of months to pull things together. <laughs> and it would it'd be great to see your face. So yeah. 
We'd really um, love to have you. Once again, we really appreciate your listening and your interest in what we have to say. Go If you haven't already, please check out the new YouTube channel videos. Right. Because that, that's now happening once a week. We're having new video content and as well as posting the podcast to, to YouTube as well. Right. And there, and you can comment there. Mm -hmm. So that's been lovely for those of, thank you so much for those of you who've been commenting. It's really nice to see that and get to have that feedback and, and conversation around it. Yeah. It's been really great. So thanks to all of you. Once again, you can still reach us if you would like to at thewonderpodcastqs at gmail.com and shoot us some email. Let us know what you think or some ideas for a new show. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.